Frank's Red Hot is the perfect blend of flavor and heat. So you can use an entire bottle to make recipes like buffalo chicken dip or buffalo nachos. Or even things that don't start with buffalo. Frank's Red Hot. I put that on everything. Hey, Craig. If you could only hit your free throws, you would have beat Arizona. God damn it. And Pullman. I, I had more, but I forgot it. And I accidentally clicked my tab <laughs> off. So. Needed a free throw coach, yeah. Craig. What? Needed a free throw coach. Yeah. Sorry, you're cutting out. Hopefully this works out oh. well. But that's, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> um, this is uh, Podcast versus Everyone. I'm Craig Powers. With me, hopefully, is Jeff Neusser. Hello. Um, we are, Did you hear that? I said hello. We are both... Uh, uh, you know what like sad decided i don't know like it's uh <laughs> that was that was about as heartbreaking <sighs> as a as a loss can be um yeah. and it, it it might be one they seriously regret by the end of the season which is <laughs> but maybe if if that's the case then we've probably had a pretty fun yeah. rest of the season um uh yeah, yeah uh but yeah man uh so Going against, obviously, the Arizona State game was uh, postponed. Um, but going into Arizona, you know, I wrote the preview. You know, you thought Arizona's better, but WCU has the bigs uh, to to tackle with them, like to tangle with them. Last year, they absolutely shredded WSU in, inside. Um, just, and, and as most teams did last year. Um, but Arizona was uniquely equipped to do that. Um, and, and it really, it was actually turned around a little bit in the second game they played because Vova Markovetsky played quite a bit. And so you're thinking, okay, we got Vova, we got, we got Effa, we got, uh, Deshaun Jackson, um, coming into this game. You got even, you know, Brandon Chat Brant Chatfield, if you need to absorb a couple of fouls, but you know, a couple hours before the game, we find out that. Um, Vova is in COVID protocol, um, as long as, as well as Chatfield and, and, uh, DJ Rodman, um, and another player slipped my mind out. Um, uh, but yeah, so, but the big one obviously was Vova, um, Ryan Rapp, Rapp, which was also probably one and two, the two most important there. Um, but Vova just because of Arizona has one of the biggest, I mean, one of the biggest front lines in the country and they're all talented and uh, they're all athletic and big. Well, yeah. And so it, uh, it, you kind of felt like, Oh no, this is not going to go well at, at that point. And cause basically I, you know, I, I was very encouraged to see that they, they still stuck with a big lineup and, and still threw Deshaun Jackson in there as the starting five. So Effa could stay at the four where he's been so good. Yeah, um, that gave me a little hope, and really the the game started well. Yeah, I loved the way. I, I, like we've talked about this before about being a proponent of high variance strategies when you're an underdog, right? Like like picking a picking a thing that you know might work out for you, also might blow up on you, but at least gives you a good chance of winning. And you know, one of the things that Actually, I'd say it's kind of the thing that has been the biggest challenge over the years for WSU when it has played Arizona. I mean, like, 
like our series record against Arizona is something like like eleven and seventy or something in fifteen and seventy or something. Like it's insane. It's insanely bad. <laughs> it's really really bad. And the biggest reason is simply that um, you know we've been you know quite literally physically outmanned, just just like vastly physically outmanned, and and that makes it impossible to to really compete. Uh, like somewhere on the court, they can't compete. And um, this team possesses enough athleticism at all the different spots that that that's not the case. Um, and and up front has been the biggest problem on that, right? Like because we don't typically get athletic front court guys, and so when Arizona, you know, is is trotting out you know these these future first round picks uh, in their front line. And we're trotting out, you know, hopeful projects that we picked up somewhere along the way um, that becomes really, really hard to compete on the glass. Uh, and, it, and it also becomes really, really hard to score. Right. Because you can't uh, you just can't really do anything around the rim. And so you end up, you know, just sort of chucking and praying. And and sometimes it works out for you like it did for Ernie Kent whatever that was like three years ago. Right. Where I don't know if you remember that magical weekend where we went yeah, to, we went course. to the state of Arizona. It. I know. Right. Like that is going to go down as the oddest footnote, uh, in Ernie Kent's tenure, man. Like that. Remember that one weekend they went to Arizona and beat that's, Arizona state and Arizona of all the teams I, you know, root for that's, that's one of the most like in, inexplicable weekend, like oh. to like, a pair. It wasn't even just one game. It was a pair of results that made, absolutely no fucking sense none none like, whatsoever it, like, they played so, great a team defense. that couldn't yeah a team that had this been <laughs> it was absolutely shredded in every other pac 12 game that year like was stingy as hell like i think yeah. they were like bo- below point they were like 0.85 like yeah. both of those and these were good crazy. teams they were i mean they weren't really good teams but they, they were like the great teams but, but they, they were, were still they, good they were definitely heavily like underdogs and that yeah. that was just nuts oh. but i i i'm gonna say i i don't think that that's what this was uh um, no, this week not at all and that's that's kind of my point is that like all those years of being just like way outgunned and really not being able to to do certain things i mean i think also thinking back to a game we remember i mean i think we all remember the game where we scored like 25 points yep right because yep. we couldn't even get off a shot like just could not even get off a shot um and so going with a lineup where you just say, you know, fuck it and put your five best guys in there and roll with it instead of saying, all right, well, you know, I've only got two bigs and, you know, I probably should, you know, keep one of them on the bench so I can kind of try and shuttle them in and out. You know, I mean, Kyle Smith is like, nah, like we're we're going with this, you know, lineup. Now they did go to the zone. I'm sure we'll talk about that, but they did go to the zone. Okay, fine. But he did, you know, send both of his bigs out there to to play together right off the top. And, and I they didn't, love. I don't think they immediately went to the zone. I think that happened after foul uh, trouble. I don't. Maybe, maybe. I seem to remember it from pretty much right out of the gate. But regardless, it's you know they they put out their best lineup. They they said you know this is the way we play the best. Uh, we play the best when FA's playing the four and, you know, Jackson can play the five and, and we'll, we'll go, go with it. And, and it, you know, it, it obviously worked great. You know, they, they both still ended up in foul trouble and that's, you know, that, that's kind of a byproduct of playing a team that's got a whole bunch of bigs that, that doesn't have to worry about foul trouble. I mean, they can just send like four or five guys at you and they can, you know, just 
go throw their bodies around. Well, in Arizona, what and and something that you know we were worried about before the game is that like all of Arizona's bigs are very good at drawing fouls. They they're they're very interior oriented. Yep. None of them are some of these like bigs that WSU has faced. That's why it was such a good matchup for Vova because he wasn't going to get drawn out. Like he he wasn't like nope. he wasn't going to have to defend the three point line in any way. He wasn't going to have to defend ball screens. Like it, it, it would have just been very, very good for him, uh, especially if they were going to run a zone. Like he would have been oh, great yeah. anchoring that zone, um, yeah. he because he just takes up so much space. Uh, so that was that was a big bummer, but but yeah, th- this is just yeah the the that we were worried about it. I, I think I tweeted before. Like I'm glad they're rolling with this foul trouble is extra amplified at this point. And unfortunately, really what flipped the tide with the foul trouble was WSU was doing really well. They were leading. Um, Deshaun Jackson made a nice play on offensive rebound and a putback. Um, Sean Miller bitched at the refs on the way back down. Um, Because of course he did. Because of course he did. Um, And so they decided to take a look at it. Uh, Jackson making a very normal Big man basketball move, a clear out. Uh, it's it's a funny thing, Jeff, as you and I have talked about. He has a he has an issue of keeping the ball too low. Yeah, and then and finally, that time he didn't. finally, he has the ball chinned, <laughs> and apparently, you know, he he didn't have it chinned close enough. It barely catches the. I mean, I'll say it barely catches any elbow to the chin is is not fun. It's but not still, comfortable, but, but still. You know. If you're up in a guy's grill like that, that's part of basketball, man. Like, it, where's the where where like where's the point of not giving the player to even enough space to collect themselves and right. move? Um, otherwise, a, a defender could just ram up into an offensive player and draw an offensive foul whenever they wanted. Um, well, they have that rule, and it was called on us on the sideline. Right, like if you get right. too close yep. to a guy, if you trap and yeah. you get too close, it's you can get the, called for a foul just for you, getting. You'll see, you'll see the refs sort of take their palms. They'll have both their hands palm up, right? Kind of push up, right? Um, and the, the, yeah, that like one was called them, you know because they were crowding them too much, and that's yeah. And so, like, like apparently that's maybe not a thing around the basket, but it seems like it should be because. You know, I mean, you got like you got to have room to move. And the guy was just trying to go up. And, you know, it's. I mean, we've joked about this before. Like if that's if that's the case, why wouldn't you just stick your chin where the elbows are and I mean, wait for hurts, someone to but... whack you? <laughs> I mean, because it hurts, but it's like it's a good I way mean, to end up with guys a do all kinds of stuff. I mean, they draw charges. Charges don't feel good, but, you know, whatever. And, uh, you know, I mean, if you can get a turnover and a foul out of the deal, then, you know, it's not a bad deal. I mean, presuming you don't, you know, break your jaw. So. Yeah, that was a real frustrating foul. Uh, FA's third and fourth foul, when eventually those ones came around, were just total bullshit too. And yeah, that that part was that part was frustrating. Well, that you know, that there was sequence, some, ticky, some real ticky tack stuff. That sequence that was started by Deshaun uh, Deshaun's foul. I mean, luckily, well, luckily, but also the silly thing is like the Deshaun's basket still counted, right? So what you're saying is he committed an offensive foul and then scored a basket. But the bas like, what are you talking about? How how could yeah. he, how, right. how could the basket count? But whatever, I, I kept expecting them to be like two less points when halftime yeah. came out. But yeah. 
Um, that's just it's that just it just high, underscores the silliness of that rule and that review rule. Um, it it's I, I I and the whole point of this rule is to catch guys throwing elbows away from the ball when the refs can't see because they're watching the ball. This was right. right in front of the ref. I'm telling like you can't see that, and you have to have the coach whine at you. Like come on, like you know it, was it that egregious? Me, like if you were staring right at the player and you didn't think there was anything wrong, was it that egregious? Yeah. And so then you get to go watch it in slow motion. Right. So you see the tip of the elbow nick the guy's chin, and now you and get it a, took him five minutes. And it took him oh my of god course. five minutes, and then Kyle Smith loses his mind. So he's already he in that hot. state. He they come hot. down, ticky tack. So they get two free throws, ticky tack foul, boom. Kyle gets a T, T warranted. Right. Two more points. Two more, more, two more points on the shooting foul. Suddenly, Arizona takes the lead. They haven't done jack shit. Yep. We did. We did get a couple of Tony Miller free throws out of the deal, though, as they tried to even it up. Yeah. Thanks for giving us <laughs> giving our forty five percent free throw shitty, shooter two our shots. Free throw shooter two shots. <laughs> of course, that was everybody. Yeah, that everyone. Everybody everyone but Effa. It wasn't just Tony Miller. We don't want to pick on Tony. Tony everyone but Effa. Effa is the money. Is money at the line. Yeah, everybody else, you need to work with your free throw coach. Yeah. Apparently, Jim Shaw is the free throw coach. Like, we totally – people who haven't been around Coug Center forever don't don't get this joke. But back when uh, there were some bad free throw shooting performances uh, under Ken Bone, uh, some people were complaining saying Ken Bone needed to hire a free throw coach, and that became sort and of – And it like, was – but uh, I swear the first people that did it were not saying it ironically – no, they were not. No, no, and, no. That, whoever it was, I don't even remember who it was, but they some old school commenter was dead serious. Need to hire a free throw coach, and then it became a joke. Could you? I was. So. Could you imagine um, the limited number of play, like coaches you're allowed to have, and yeah. one of them, his <laughs> just, only job. Just I mean, I guess if he was the greatest recruiter of all time, and yeah. then also he's a free throw coach. So yeah. I don't know. I wish you know if, if if Shaw is such a magician, I wish maybe he he could have fixed them uh, before Arizona yeah. would have been nice. It might have been okay. So by the way, Ken Bones last year they shot sixty six percent from the line. So maybe it was that year they were three hundred and eighth. We're right on that right now. Free throw sixty six per sixty six point one percent right now. Oh, so bad. So um, bad. but yeah, it's second half. You know, Deshaun gets a foul almost right away. Yep. Um, so he's got four cause that the, uh, the flagrant foul, I don't even know. Cause the, cause the broadcasters aren't down on the floor. They don't, they don't ever really find out exactly what the call was. Right. Uh, but I think it was like a, I'm guessing it was like a flagrant two or something or one, whatever the least egregious one is. Um, but so yeah, they, uh, they, Deshaun is at with four, so he barely plays in the second half. Yep. Um, and then finally they bring him back in with you know less than ten minutes left, and he fouls out pretty quickly. Yeah. On a pretty he dumb actually, foul, he, he made shouldn't it have made about it. three minutes. Yeah. He made about three minutes. Pretty bad and the one foul. He fouled out on your right. Yeah, dumb foul. Yeah, he that's put, well, that's what when, when the when the refs are squeezing you, you have no room for error um, on the foul count. So he ended up only playing fifteen minutes. It felt like a lot more. It did. Um. He was very impactful. Uh, seven boards or seven points, six boards in those fifteen minutes. Yeah, and and with bigs, a lot of times you kind of wanna if you're trying to figure out like what's a good rate of production, like 
per 30 minutes is about where you want to be, right? Like there yeah. aren't very many bigs that are going to play more than 30 minutes. Uh, and that's a yeah, 14... Even Effa rarely does that. Yeah. So he played 28 in this game. Would have played more if he could have stayed on the floor. But, you know, it's uh, that that's a 14.12 rebound 30-minute performance. That's That's like – that's really good. That's really good. So – um, his production was excellent. Yeah, FA's production obviously was really good. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. You know, really, he obviously uh, had three insane blocks. One of which, where uh, he he probably could have taken a quarter off the top of the backboard. Um, another one where he dunked and was fouled. Jackson had a nice dunk and one. Yeah, it's right in the first half. Too. Yeah. So yeah, the you know it it was very cool to go into that game without feeling like you're out, man. And I and I think that's the part that's really exciting going forward is, you know, and, and not to talk too much about the future yet. Cause I know we want to talk a little more about the game, but, but it's one of the reasons why, like, like you mentioned, like we're kind of sad, excited at the same time. Um, there's not a game left on the schedule where we are just outmanned at, at really any position that can be easily exploited. Um, obviously we're still going to face, you know, talented teams in Oregon's talented USC's talented. I mean, these are, these are really physically talented teams, but, um, it's not a situation where we're just going to get overwhelmed. Like say we did last year against Stanford down there, right? Where, you know, De Silva goes for, I mean, whatever it was, 20 points and 15 rebounds in about 20 minutes. Right. So yeah. anyway, yeah, that was just, that's part of what, uh, that's part of what got me excited. So yeah, second half, uh, Deshaun, you know, isn't able to play much. FA is kind of actively avoiding contact and yet, and yet <laughs> right there. Right. Yeah. They, you know, they, uh, be, uh, largely because of uh, Noah at first, and then uh, Bonton next. Both got on nice hot streaks, kind of kept the scoring afloat. Um, able to really uh, to keep 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 contact, and then uh, a nice run led by Bonton that put him in the lead. Um, and then you know it just came down to, and uh, they end up in overtime. And man, when Noah gets a steal. They're up three. Well, it was Tony Miller's steal. Noah picks the ball up. He's headed down the floor. Uh, you're thinking, oh, two points in this thing. It, it's, there's 45 seconds left, 49, yep. I think. Yep. This thing might be over if they can score here. He gets fouled. You're thinking Noah Williams, money at the yeah, line in clutch. But it is it is overtime. He has been playing most of the game. Um and he missed them both, and and then comes down after an Arizona bucket and misses another. That allows Arizona just to get a layup to tie the game. Um, and obviously those defensive possessions were a little tougher because guys are gassed. You're playing a zone, which you don't really want to play all the time. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, Effa can't be himself. He's still afraid to foul out, you know. Yeah. Um, and he's been playing that way so long, it's kind of hard to correct yourself at, at any point. Um, so yeah, that was, that was tough. Obviously they go into the second overtime. I think they're pretty gassed and they don't have, they didn't have Effa for most of the first overtime. Um, he fouled out on, on a, on an offensive <laughs> the, foul our on, first the, possession. on their, on our first possession. <laughs> Somehow they still were in position to win, which was just nuts. It just speaks to how hard these guys play. I mean, Tony Miller is six foot six, playing against six yeah. eleven. Um, and he had a hell of a finish to the game. Like it was. Yeah, he rough. had a really rough 
It was first rough and early. second half, um, but he overtime. Basically, in overtime, they just took the offense. They would ISO him um, on uh, ISO him on you know one of the big guys, and he would draw fouls or or what have you. And it was if, if, if obviously too. if he was a better free throw shooter, that would have worked perfectly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, you know, we got a three from uh, Yakimovsky there, and you know, Bonton had a layup. I mean, they you know felt they, like maybe we can tight. do this. Maybe yeah. we can do this. And hung then tight, a, hung tight. Uh, and it's tied, tied on the you know less than twenty seconds to play. Yep. Play some great defense. Force a a, a crazy out-of-control three-point shot from the top of the arc with a hand in the face and... Bang. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. Come on, man. Like, of all the ways. Uh, uh, like, it, I just... Yeah, that's exactly right. Like, of all the ways for Why couldn't we happen, have banked in a couple free throws? Uh, I mean, it's like... Like, the only thing I would have thought that would be worse than that would be, like, just some sort of bullshit ticky-tack foul putting them at the line for the winning points like that. That was sort of like, cause that happened to us, you know, however many times against Oregon when Ernie Kent was the coach, but it's like, uh, and so to bank in a three, like you can just see like Bonton and Noah Williams are just like, are you serious? Like you cannot be serious. That well, cause they know what's coming. Out. They know Arizona's going to foul them. It's yeah. going to be the foul game the rest of the way. Good strategy. Yeah, because then Bonton Apparently. goes and just goes one of two. Yep. And uh, then two more free throws from Arizona, and it's over. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yep. Yeah, it was uh, such a yeah man. I, I had, I had a feeling that when we sort of coughed it up a little bit. I mean, we didn't really cough it up. I, I maybe that's not the right word. Um, I guess I just had a feeling when we didn't make it happen. Um, at the end of regulation that I, I don't know, like I just kind of felt like uh, it kind of like passed us by a little bit. So for example, you know, Arizona takes the lead at the end of regulation on a, you know, we play great defense, miss three pointer balls bouncing around just happens to end up in Matherin's hands and he puts it back in. Right. right? Like, like if you get that rebound, you know, you're coming down game tied, you know, chance to win with you know 30 whatever seconds left um you know it i don't know like it felt like uh and then you know overtime is like okay maybe it's gonna happen again all right you know we got a three-point lead with you know a minute to go or whatever it was and Noah williams you know he's ice cold you know i not like ice cold ice cold shooting but like ice ice water in your veins ice cold right um yeah so i'm bummed out for the team mostly um you know, because, you know, I can sit here and go, I, you know, I can see the positives. I can see where we're going. I can, I can see all the good stuff, you know, like, like I'm, I'm, I'm like fired up. Yeah. You know, even, even when it was over, I was still super fired up. I still, I was trying to figure out how to write about it, but I was super excited still. Um, but I'm sure the team was, you know, sufficiently bummed out and Arizona was talking shit on their way off the floor and, you know, maybe they should. I don't know. Um, I, I sort of tend to lean like, you know, hey, you're supposed to win these games and you almost got beat by a team missing four guys because of COVID and your team was at full strength and you barely, barely, barely needed. You needed all the help in the world uh, to, to walk out of there with a win. So 
um, both exciting and sort of like, you know, like you said, sad and, um, but mostly exciting, you know, cause I, I look at this and go, all right, you know, we might have something here. I don't think it's, I, it, I'm, I'm going to need a lot more convincing that this is a tournament team. Um, cause that's just asking a lot, you know, they, they've got, they played such a weak non-conference schedule. They're going to have to pick up some wins in conference. They're going to pick up a lot of wins in conference. Yeah. They're going to have to win a lot in conference and they're going to have to beat the good teams. And so maybe this one ends up hurting them in the end. I don't know, but um, you know, you're going to have to beat Oregon. You're going to have to beat USC. You're going to have to beat UCLA, um, you know, at least once you're going to have to pick up at least a couple of those. Um, and then if you, if you only pick up a couple of those, then you got to beat everybody else, right? You got to beat Cal. You got to beat UW. You got to beat Oregon state again. You got to like, I mean, like you got to beat all these other teams if that's what's going to happen. So, I don't know, man. It's, it's a big, it's a big tall ask. I know our fans are excited and, and they should be, and I'm not telling people not to get excited, but, um, you know, I think a lot of people don't follow college basketball closely enough to know what's, what it's probably going to take it was like, for example, um, the net ratings came out, right. Which are the NCAA's version of for, for, for lack of a better way to describe it, it's the NCAA's version of Ken Palm, right? It's an efficiency based metric. And it's what they use in place of RPI um, now. It's what they use in place of RPI. Um, and we were, what were we, like 100, 101? 101, yeah. Yeah, which is not, that's not good. Uh, so If you're looking to go to a tournament, definitely not good. Right. And and I will say this, though, that um, the way they use the net, and, and I'll be, I will be honest with all of our listeners, <laughs> I have not paid super close attention to the NCAA selection process for a few years um, just because we haven't been involved and, you know, it doesn't do me much good to get worked up about it. But um, my, I, I believe that they use that ranking system more for grouping their, uh, their quarter wins. So like, or whatever they call them where it's, uh, you know, basically your top 50, your top 100 wins, you know, things quadrant quadrant wins. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, and so teams that are going to be in quadrant one, Arizona was one, that was a chance to get a quadrant one victory. Those are the ones you have to stack up. If you want to get the committee's attention, going to have some more opportunities with obviously with USC, UCLA and, and Oregon, but Stanford Stanford. on the road. So on the road, so quadrant one win is one through 50 at home, but it's, uh, one through 75 on the road, right? I believe. So, and I don't know where I, I haven't looked to see where everybody else is on that, but they're usually, they're usually pretty close to Ken Palm, especially as you get through the season. Well, except for the teams that have a lot of wins, yeah, uh, they'll right, they'll they be higher, any, right? Because they don't have any projections built in like Ken yeah. Palm does still. Yeah. So that's and that's and the they difference. and it's win. Well, it's not just a difference because it is wins matter. Like wins are actually factored in. Okay. It's not just efficiency. It's not okay. just so that's a little efficiency. different than when they started it. Yeah. Well, they, that's always been in there. They just took out a couple other things. So now it's just it's Wait it's there's there's a wins based metric in there, uh, what they call results based metric, and then there's the um, the adjusted efficiency. So it's just those two things now. So that's why you'll see like I think Boise State is like thirteenth in net, but they're like seventy third in um, in a uh, in Ken Palm because Ken Palm's just looking at the, your adjusted efficiency margin. Right. Well, and it doesn't matter what games you've won, whatever. 
Um, but Boise State, because they've won some games. Same with WSU. On Ken Palm, they're 125. They're 24 spots higher. That's because they're getting credit for winning games. Yep. Um, whereas on Ken Palm, it's more about the you know the team you played and how you played them like so so like the teams you've played and how you've played them not necessarily so if you if you finished four points worse than arizona that's obviously better than that's a lot better than uh finishing you know three points clear of uh texas southern or whatever so it's so that those are those are on on the results scale for kempom that four point loss to arizona actually makes you that you'll be identified as a better team than than um, that three point win over Texas Southern because Texas Southern is a much much worse team, um, and so that's that's why you'll see differences because there is there is a, a, a an actual results based metric in in the in the net. But so that's the, it helps that WSU won every single game. It would have helped a lot more because there is adjusted efficiency in there if they would have destroyed more of those teams <laughs> yeah. rather than narrowly beat them. Yeah. Um, so that's, they, they kind of are set, even though they won every single game, that's great. The, they didn't play good teams in the non-conference, not even one. <laughs> I mean, Eastern Washington's the best team they've played. They're kind of inching up there. Yeah. Um, 23 now. Yeah. So that that's, that's a decent non-con, but then when that's your best that's not really good. No. Um, so yeah, they they're not getting help from that. Like I, that they're gonna have to win like, you know, like thirteen, fourteen non conference. I mean, conference games to be considered. I think. Yeah, I th- I think you're probably right. Um, but I th- I think also it depends on who else they who else they beat and when they do it. Um, yeah. So I because, you know yeah as it's not it's they don't take. I mean, they do use the net as the guideline, but they don't take just the thirty-eight top, not you right. know, or whatever. However many, right. um, how many uh, at-large bids? They're are, still but, looking at resume. Yeah, and so there's lots. Unlike years past, um, there's still lots of chances for resume builders. Well, and uh, and the good thing is, none of the teams in the Pac-12 are great. Right. So they're not only chances for resume builders; they're also winnable. Like they're, it's also feasible to win the games. Like right. so, it's not you're not playing. It's not where it's so top heavy where you have like three top ten teams and then a bunch of like fifty to one hundred. You have a right. lot of kind of fifty to twenty, fifty to fifteen in there, which for a team like WSU, who you and I have talked about this since they moved to this big lineup. Is honestly, even though they're they're one twenty four in Ken Palm right now, uh, they were they've been as low as like the one fifties at times, but since they've 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 shot up like twenty five spots since they moved to that big lineup. Yep, um, I think they could be more like a top seventy five team as they currently are. You know, when they have a full roster. I mean, they certainly played like that against Arizona, even without. Vova and without rap and we didn't talk rap just just spelling you know just picking up some minutes in the backcourt would have really helped and maybe hitting a three no one else could maybe rap no one but (laughs) yakimovsky could maybe rap could um but yeah so uh but yeah so i think they've they've been playing so well uh since that what it was it was the montana state game was the first time they went to this big lineup um 
that's that's why you have this optimism. Like they're not that same team that narrowly beat Texas Southern, that narrowly right. beat Idaho. Uh, they're 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 not they're even not even that team that narrowly beat Oregon State. I think they're better than that now, um, and they've been playing like it. And so I uh, with F at the four with with Yakimovsky at the three with Deshaun or if Volva at the five. This is their best team and. Uh, and I'm really excited. That's why I'm, I'm excited because if they're playing like a top 75 team, that means they can take down pretty much anyone on there. There's yeah. a chance of them take down like any team on their schedule, especially yep. at home. Yep. And lots of opportunities to get those quadrant one wins. So, I mean, what you really need to do is, you, you know, you, you need to win your games against Cal, Oregon State and Washington. Yeah, those, they, those got it. Those right? got to happen. You got to win all those. Um because any of those is going to be considered a bad loss if you lose that game. Which they um, don't play, or they do play Oregon State one more time. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, you, you kind of look down the schedule and you go, okay, well, lots of opportunities. I mean, in fact, you know, if we're going off Ken Palm, and obviously I'm not looking at net right now, but like I said, the, the Ken Palm and the net tend to end up pretty darn close to each other by the end of the year. Um, you know, Stanford's a top 50, UCLA, USC, Colorado, Oregon, all are top 50 teams, Arizona State's right on that bubble, and Utah's kind of right on that bubble too. So lots and lots of opportunities there. Now, it could also all go badly, <laughs> but, you know, where you're playing just, you know, pretty darn good teams, you know, night in and night out. Um, but the opportunity is there for them. This is not like, you know, the Pac-12 of two, three years ago where, um, you know, maybe you had like three two or three tournament teams, those were really your only shots at, at beating anybody and getting anybody's attention. Um, there's plenty of opportunities here to get some wins uh, that could get the committee's attention. I'm not sure that we need to get up to like 13, 14 wins. Um, I think I think it could happen with, uh, I don't know, how many games they got left? They got like 10 well, more games I, left, they, well, they, 15 more games left, something like they, that, right? They, I mean, right now they're scheduled for 18 because they haven't rescheduled the two that have, have been left. So they've played two conference games, so they're and one and one. So if they have 16 left, um, maybe they might add two more. The, the women's team just had a COVID, a COVID game re- canceled game rescheduled, so it's definitely a possibility. Um, so, yeah, they, they, they have 16. Let's just say, as of now, best case scenario, 16 uh, games left. And, and I'm, I would guess that Colorado game gets squeezed in somewhere. Um, you know, you might see it the week of the Washington, one of the Washington games, uh, uh-huh. particularly at the end of the year, you've got a week between Arizona state and Washington. So wouldn't be shocked if that got squeezed in there, but it, as it stands, they've got 16 left. Let's say that's what it ends up being. Um, I mean, I got to very well be other cancellations. <laughs> yeah. I got to figure. <sighs> Well, see, so you got to like be nine, so, and, nine and seven to me would be like the bare minimum. So let's say let's go through it. So you you already say bare minimum. You got to be if you want to go to the tournament. We're saying yeah. this. You got to be Washington, Cal, Oregon State, Washington and Cal. Right. So that's that's so five, five more wins that automatically games. you have to be at six. So if you're looking the bare minimum. The, you don't get Oregon at home which sucks. So like if you're looking at your home games and I, and there has to be road, like there has to be wins on the road in here, yep. but I think you gotta, 
you got to like take out Utah and 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 probably Colorado cuz you need that well Colorado especially cuz Colorado's going to be a top a quadrant 1. Utah's yeah. going to be a quadrant 2. Um you got to you probably have to and sweep And you got them at home. Yep, I I'm thinking you might have to sweep that weekend against LA schools. I mean the, if if you get if you get those four, if you get those 4 that's 10. Do you think just those yeah. 10 would be good enough? to get you in. I think it's possible. If you, but then that would also include losing at both away at both Arizona and Arizona state, uh, losing to Stanford at home, losing to, uh, losing to Oregon on the road. Um, so to also include all of those losses. Yeah. I mean, and then losing both games this weekend. Yeah. I mean, start thinking about things like next weekend after Yeah, this weekend, you got Cal and Stanford, right? You got to beat Cal Maybe you don't get Stanford. Okay. Uh, that puts you at two and two, right? Then you're away to UCLA and USC. Do you get one of those? Like, if you can get one of those, then that's fantastic, right? Then you got to come home, and then you got Utah, Colorado. You probably got to sweep those. You got to go away to Washington, probably got to win that. Away to Oregon, you're probably going to lose that. Away to Oregon State, you're probably going to win that. That UCLA, USC, California, Stanford stretch where all four of those are at home you got to get like probably three of those right you know i mean and and it probably needs honestly if it doesn't include cal and you beat ucla usc and stanford it's probably a lot like that's probably a net positive even if you lose to cal but yeah but you figure you're gonna get cal and you're probably gonna try and get two of the other three right um and that then puts you in a good spot again you go to arizona arizona state if you can pick up a game there, great, but you but probably I think, won't. It seems like the late games matter. Yeah. So, so I, I, I mean, don't know, if you man. if that, you go that through home a stretch, stretch is going to be the big one in February. And that's gonna yeah, be the big one. and I think we'll you know, and the caveat here is bad teams have good games against good teams all the yes. time. Yep. The, this Arizona win doesn't. I mean, loss almost win doesn't necessarily mean that they're. They're they're at that level forever, but just the fact that they've been playing at that level for a solid month and like a, roughly a month, you know, now I, I think maybe uh, we can have some uh, uh, optimism. Um, I like that Cal is first this weekend. Um, it's there's also something to point out. It's a Thursday Saturday game. Uh, and we're getting like the reverse treatment that we usually get give to um, other teams is there's a much longer trip to make uh, because instead of just going uh, down 101 or whatever or around on on yeah, whatever freeway it is uh, down to uh, Stanford um, that the Stanford game is actually in Santa Ana I believe um, or do I have that right? I'm not even sure. <laughs> uh, let's see. It is at. I, I know that it's not at home. I know that. Oh, maybe it's in Santa Clara, which would be better. That's better. Never mind. Yeah. Maybe that's No, it. Santa Cruz. So that's 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 in the L.A. area, right? Yeah, that's or way Cruz. south. Yeah. I mean, our, our, uh, our um, California geography knowledge is being tested right now. Uh, maybe Santa Cruz. No, Santa Cruz is just by Monterey. Sorry, it's not that far south, right? It's a bit south. 
Yeah, but it's not. Yeah, I mean, you're not. You're fighting, not having. You're not having to fly Warriors? down to the Bay Area. I think they right. can. Yeah, they're playing with the far... Warriors G League team, right? Isn't that what they're doing? Yeah, so that's not. It's not that bad. Scratch what I said. It's a little bit longer though, um, and that actually is probably beneficial to WSU, honestly. Um, but it yeah, is. I a mean, longer I'd rather trip. play a team not in their home gym. Yes, um, <laughs> and where they also have to get on a bus to go to the game. Um, but it is. I, I will say, Jeff, uh, I don't know if you saw, they moved the time up. So yes. instead of a 6.30 game, it's 2. So it's also right when the Seahawks game is happening. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that kind of sucks. They give us that. four less hours of rest uh, between the Thursday, uh, Saturday one. It's very classic Pac-12 weekend there because even both of Stanford's games are Thursday, Saturday, too. So yeah. Um, but yeah, so you got you got Cal. So if we want to preview these games real quick, uh, Cal is currently uh, the worst uh, team on Kempom, and they probably won't have their far and away best player, Matt Bradley. Yeah, yeah it looked bad. I was watching that game. He hurt his ankle. Um, it looked extremely terrible, <laughs> like like extremely bad. Uh, felt bad for the kid. Um, it was one of those where like, like don't watch the replay kind of ankle injuries. Yeah. And so Bradley is basically at Bonton levels of usage even more. And, but he's actually a a very good shooter. Um, making his free throws, making twos, gets in the lane, shoot, can shoot the three. Um, I mean, I assume all of you have seen him at this point because he's definitely had some nice games against us in the last couple of years. Um, so that's a huge loss for them. Yep. Uh, I, there's honestly, uh, there's not anyone even close to like him on the roster, uh, that could pick up that slack. Uh, and they ended up losing, they, they had a 10 point lead or an eight point lead against Oregon state when he went out, uh, ended up losing that game by nine. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that was, they, they really struggled in the second half. Uh, without him to score so uh, i'm sure they'll have a better plan for it uh, against us when uh you know this time around you know knowing they're going to be without him but still pretty uh still pretty 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 rough for them and, um i'm not sure if uh if great antisevich will be back um he's a big that maybe could give wsu a little trouble just because he does stretch it out a little bit. Um, he's missed the last few games. Um, again, you just never know. Uh, you don't get a ton of information yeah. on these there, things. Once no the guy gets injured, you see like the reports of him getting injured. Uh, but, but you don't really, uh, you don't really see the, um, the, uh, the, like the updates. Like teams well, don't really update that. Here's much. what I can tell you though. He did have an appendectomy two weeks ago. Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, that's what it was. It was appendectomy, but I don't know how long it takes to recover from it to get in basketball shape. Well, I'll say Um, this. I mean, like, you know, my wife, Sarah, she just had her gallbladder out and it was like she's still like not quite moving and obviously not a finely tuned athlete. But also at the same time, and you're talking about making an incision. Right. And like the biggest thing the doctor the doctor said was, hey just be careful about raising your arms and turning your body. And, you know, it can kind of, you know, basically rip 
the stitches open, you know? So eh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I, I would, I would tend to think I'm not a doctor, but maybe you can go ask, go wake Amanda up or something to ask her. But I would tend to think that two weeks or three weeks, I guess it would be uh two and a half weeks, whatever, by the time the game is, um, I would, I would, I would think that would be on the extremely short end for yeah. a certain, for a, a, a surgery like that. So you're talking your best player, another starter is out. Yeah. Um, I, who's picking up the shots? Uh, probably uh, the point guard, uh, Foreman. He's he's mostly a three-point shooter uh, and a good one. Uh, so you have to watch for him. Um, I don't foresee them zoning in this game like they like they zoned all game against Arizona. Uh, Cal has their bigs are a little smaller. Besides, they do have a seven-footer who will play some, um, but. I, I especially if Antisevich is in there, I, I feel like their bigs can match up pretty well, um, and and kind of shut these guys down offensively without Bradley. I, I like our defenses matchup a lot here, like without Bradley. And Cal plays really slow, so it's probably going to be a grinder and a low yeah. scoring game. Yeah, the the guys who picked up the slack there were uh, Joel Brown, so shooting guard who. Kind of picked up his minutes. Uh, he's got a, an offensive rating of 89 overall on the season. And still just uh, not, when Bradley's not around, is not a guy that typically shoots much at all. No, um, no. Yeah. And he's only taken 11 threes, uh, 29 twos, you know. You think, and by the way, you and think plays got, a lot. Like he's yeah, played like he, almost he 70% of the minutes. Yeah. yeah, and typically does not shoot. Uh, only takes 11% of the shots when he's on the floor. So he's playing 70% of the minutes, 11% of the shots. I mean, he's basically a, a non-factor offensively. Well, he picked up a bunch of the shots and predictably didn't do great. Yeah. Um, Lars, Thiemann. small guard too, six, two. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that's, uh, that's good for us. Like, uh, yep. you know, our, uh, that's a guy that, you know, Bontoc could easily pick up and shut down. Yeah. Like no problem. And, uh, their center, Lars Thiemann, uh, also picked up a ton of shots while Bradley was out and was also predictably terrible with that. Uh, his 87 offensive rating for the season, 11, again, 11% shots uh, as he's out there. Doesn't take a lot of shots. Typically uh, more weight was put on him and, and he was bad. And then you mentioned Foreman, um, you know, he definitely filled in some of that gap, uh, took more shots, which he typically shoots, but um, yeah, it's Foreman's an interesting dude. He's on his third school. Yeah, <laughs> grad transfer, so that's kind of cool. But anyway, uh, yeah, this is a team. Honestly, it's a team we're more talented than, you know, yeah. sp- especially without Bradley. So um, the expectation is Bradley is road, that X factor, especially on the road that yeah. could that has before kind of won the game for Cal against WSU. Yep. So this is a game they should win. It's a game they should win, and I hope, 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 hope. I I would feel honestly, I'd feel so much better about this if we were playing Stanford first. Cause, oh yeah, because oh, yeah, I don't want and I, man, that look ahead. Yeah, fair enough. You know, you start you start going. Oh well, Cal's without Bradley and Cal's without this guy, and and I know that the coaches don't present it to the players that way. So, you know, and the players maybe don't think about it, but, um, you know, and this team's you know as, as near as we can tell, really good at staying focused. We know the coaching staff is awesome at keeping their players focused, but they are still they're still college kids. You know, the look ahead is still a very real thing. And, hey, they they so. have struggled against some very bad teams so far yep. this season. They are yep. not like if they played they're not good enough to overlook Cal, I guess is what I'm saying. 
yeah, if if if, if WSU played like they played against Idaho or Texas Southern or Portland State or even Northwestern State, this could definitely be a loss. Yep. The good news is, and I think this is always the you know our fans tend to. Um, be really wistful about defense. Right. And that's, you know, I think rooted in the, you know, all the good memories we have about the Bennett years, but there is, I think some truth to the idea that teams that, that play strong defense, I think tend to be a little more stable um, because you're not, you're not subject to the whims of a bad shooting night. Right. And so, and and there's always the term also that defense travels. And I I, I think that's really where it comes from is that, you know, when you go on the road, uh, defense is, is kind of, it's again, it's not subject to the whims of, you know, unfamiliar gyms and unfamiliar rims and all the stuff that, you know, might make it tough to shoot. Instead, you just, you know, you go out there, you play your defense um, and, you know, and you shut people down. So I, I just kind of. Like, like I feel better about this team, maybe not having a look ahead for that reason. But again, it's, you know, college kids. And I, I, you know, we've experienced way too much Cal bullshit over the years that has extended to basketball for me to feel uh, very good about this game on Thursday, or at least very confident about this game on Thursday. I, I I am one. The only thing I'm confident is it's going to be close and that it's probably going to be decided on some in the last minute. Like I, like, I think that's probably where I'm at. Yeah, and and the part where it could go awry is Cal does shoot a lot of threes, and if they're not shutting down those threes, and and if maybe they're just making random threes, that's the that's the one on defense. The lottery that a lot of good defenses try to avoid is by just shutting down, like not even letting the team shoot threes, because that's the one thing that is kind of uncontrollable um, as a as a defense is if they hit those shots or not like you can have like a kind of a fluky good defensive night if if they're like they go full like houston rockets and miss 23s in a row 22 threes in a row or whatever um or or you can have a really a kind of a fluky bad defensive night if a couple guys get hot and they cal's got a couple guys that could very well do that in betley and in foreman um taking bradley and antisevich out of that equation is fantastic because um, outside of Bentley and Foreman, there's not a lot of other three-point shooters. So, um, But they that, do shoot a lot of threes. But they will shoot. That. I, I, I don't think they're going to suddenly stop shooting threes because right. Bradley and Antisevich aren't there. there. I right. think the other guys are going to shoot threes. And especially um, against us. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, where you're going against a team that's got really good interior defenders, yeah. you know, one of the best two-point defenses in the country. Um, and, uh, Cal, by the way, has shot threes on about 50% of their shots in conference play Four conference games, 50% threes. <laughs> They've shot reasonably well, 34% on all of those, but yeah, Bradley was also I mean. in three of those games. So. Yeah. I mean, they score almost 40% of their points from three, which is second in the conference in conference games. So yeah, they're going to shoot them. They're going to shoot them. So Yeah. Get hands and faces because that's yes. that's that's the only way you can't shut them down offensively is if if you do that because they, um, I guess you know I, I I just say like yeah they get to the line but without Bradley in there I see that happening less you know I yep uh, there it's just he takes so much pressure off um, I mean I don't know who Noah's gonna guard like poor Mikel Foreman now 
you might get Noah Williams on you now. So, uh, he probably will. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just size wise, man. With um, I think that I saw Kyle Smith say that uh, Volvo will be back, but Deshaun is likely to start. So you're still running with that six eight, six ten, six ten in the back. Um, just good luck. Yeah, that's um, so exciting, by the way. Yeah. The idea I mean, of those two guys, oh, 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 it's beautiful. So they'll probably roll with Lars Thiemann, Thiemann, however you say his name, yeah. I'm sure. But even he has not um, not played a ton of minutes, so you don't, don't know how much he can really um, go. And plus, he just hasn't been that great, you know, so yeah. he turns the ball over a lot. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. Um, yeah, I, I think... I think they should win, but again, it's on the road. Uh, it's a conference game. We, we WC was missing players, still nearly took down Arizona, so nothing's a given. Um, but yeah, then they go to Stanford, which is the real tough one. But also, you and I were discussing a, definitely a game that WC was more equipped to handle this year again. Yep. Yeah, it's you know again not not hopefully anyway not gonna get annihilated by Oscar da Silva to, you know, to the tune of a billion points and a billion rebounds. But um, I think the tougher deal here is, uh, you know, Stanford's defense is real good, really good, real, real good. Although it's been not, I will say like in conference. Yeah. um, I was looking at that too. They, it's only three games, but so against, against the better teams, I mean, put, let's go ahead and say WC's offense is terrible. So I'm not, putting them on the level of these teams. But WSU gave up, you know, basically one point per possession against Arizona. Stanford gave up 1.08. So that's that's eight points over the course of 100 possessions. So that's like five points over the course of a normal game. Right. That's a lot. Yep. Uh, they, against Oregon State, gave up 1.04. WSU gave up like 0. 0.85. Right. So while Oregon – like Stanford – Stanford, I think a lot of this is their the pre-season uh, projection is built in. I think so. Because if you look at their defensive performances, uh, they've only held a team to their worst efficiency once. WSU's done that five times, I think. Yep. Um, they've only held them to their second efficiency, three second worst efficiency, three times. So uh, they haven't, you know, and, and plus Indiana had a, Indiana was a, had a huge offensive game against them. Um, so they, you know, it's kind of weird. You see in WSU is ranked 50 and then you see, uh, Stanford's ranked four, but WSU has pretty much made it tough for everyone they face. Stanford's had some tough games. Uh, I will say WSU has not played an offense of the level of Oregon or Indiana or, uh, but they, but, but, <laughs> but they have played Arizona and Oregon state and they pre- their defense yeah. performed better, performed better than Stanford's. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Like I, I definitely don't think WSC is going to score very much. Like uh, th- there's no reason to think they're going to suddenly break out. But uh, maybe Stanford's defense is not as good as it seems. Um, I think a lot of it is built on that first game against Alabama. They really yeah. shut them down. Yeah. Um, but maybe they're maybe they're kind of more variant than WSU is um, in terms of uh, in terms of how good uh, defense they are. Well, and, and I'll even say, I mean, you said, you know, 
uh, WC's offense is terrible. I, I don't think it's that terrible anymore. Um, I mean, overall for the season on the, you know, on the aggregate, right? Not good. Right. But, you know, we, we keep referencing this, this line in the yeah. sand where we went to the, you know, two big lineup. And, you know, there was also that game where Bonton didn't play, and it really kind of seemed like, you know, some guys got some confidence. They, you know, Bonton, not, not that it was Bonton's fault, but, but there was a lot of like kind of deferring to him early on. Um, and then when he suddenly wasn't there and they didn't maybe feel the need to defer anymore, like some things kind of sorted themselves out and his Bonton's come back, he's generally been um, a little more selective about his shots and a little more in control. And we saw on, you know, Saturday what he can do when, when he's right. And so, he still took an insane amount of he shots. He did in take that an game. insane amount. It never of shots. feels like it, but then he just it's suddenly. Incredible. Like he took, I, I, I couldn't believe it because I thought, oh, he's having a great game. And then I looked at his shot. Like he took 20 damn shots. Like, are you serious? He took 20 shots. I think because he finally he made, he was making twos. What is yeah, what felt right. It. Like he wasn't maybe just, he wasn't just missing layups left yeah. and right. He was making layups. He was making yeah. tough two pointers. So, yeah. So I, I wouldn't say it's a great offense. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to nah. go that far. Yeah. This is still a defense forward team um but you know but their offense is you know reasonably competent i mean i'll even say this i mean look against arizona um yes we shot or we scored 0.95 uh points per possession right which is so okay by the way people i've gotten comments from people hey can you do more kind of explaining things and so i'm gonna try to like slow down a little bit but basically 1.0 points per possession is is sort of average Right. Um, That's like that's average. So when you say your team scored zero point nine five points per possession, you'd be like and normally you would say, oh, that's that's below average. Right. But here's the thing. That was the third highest against Arizona this year. Now, Arizona hasn't played a ton of great competition. Um, You know, the only top 100 teams they've played have been Stanford and Colorado. And oddly enough, those two teams sort of shredded them on defense. But you know, for us to come in as the third highest behind that, you know, I mean, I don't know, maybe says a little something yeah. at least. Yeah, um, I see what you mean. That the offense is, you know, kind of coming around a little bit. Um, it's 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 certainly, I mean, I feel confident saying it's it's at least competent right now. And I still think it's got room to grow. Um, you yeah. know, right now, it's, it's definitely relying on Bonton and Williams for the most part. You can see offensive potential in F.A. You can, like, like, I think there are more points. And Yaki. Yeah, Yakimovsky, that's a guy who's he's going Even, to go off for like 25 points in a game this year. Oh, it's yeah. going to happen. I right? mean, because he's he probably going to hit like seven or eight threes in a game. Yeah, like, I mean, I think- it's crazy. So I, I feel like, I, you know, again, I feel like maybe by next year, this could be a really good offensive team. This year, competent. Deshaun Jackson shows a ton of potential in the, yeah. in the post as well. So they can be competent. Um, which, you know, against I mean, Deshaun, teams, if he, if he could shoot the, 70% from the free throw line, he'd be yeah. like a hell of a scorer. Ugh. Yeah. So, you know, they're going to be competent offensively. Do they, you know, so against Stanford, does that mean, you know, can they get to say, you know, 1.0 points per percent? If they can get to 1.0, I feel great about that. Well, the if they do against that, Stanford, right? that would be very impressive. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, but like you mentioned, you know, Stanford's been, yeah. Okay. Not consistent, really. Not consistent. You know, they've, they've definitely um, not been great at times defensively. Again, you know, you mentioned Oregon. They've been better at home, um, but still. Well, and then and then if you look at what they do offensively, last year, De Silva, he didn't even shoot that many shots against WSU, but just had such an easy time. WSU yep. could do nothing. Yep. Like, yeah. Like, Jeff Pollard had no chance. Jeff Pollard poor, had no chance. 
De Silva, his two games last year against WSU, he went uh, in. He was the Kempom MVP in both. Uh, he had a 120 offensive rating. He had he took just uh, 10 shots, had 19 points and 10 boards in 32 minutes, four assists. Um, the only thing that hurt him, he had three turnovers. Otherwise, it would be even worse. Uh, I we re- I, I I remember uh, that just we, we thought. See, this is the one. You know, you kind of hesitate, but then you don't because you know we got the we got the dogs now. Because uh, I remember WC was playing pretty good defense for the year until they went to Stanford and got absolutely destroyed in that game. De Silva, I think he got hurt, or it was just such a blowout they didn't play him. I can't remember, but he played only 13 minutes, but had 15 points on on seven of eight shooting, and like and in three boards. Like it was just he had the easiest time against WSU last year. He played 45 minutes and and logged 34 points taking 18 shots like that's yep. that's all he needed to do not even uh, he had he was five of eight from f- th- f- on on uh free throws in the f- second game didn't even need a free throw to get his 15 points in the first but now like what is he six eight six nine two thirty okay we got yeah. we got <laughs> we got the most ath- we might have the most athletic big in the conference like no, we it's do. uh we do. and who's just an absolutely ruthless defender. And then we have Vova Markovetsky, who's become far more competent defensively, particularly since that game, than those two games last year. And you have Deshaun Jackson, who probably we will check him uh, to start, I imagine. Um, so, and who's 6'10", 24, who's just a, a tank already as a freshman. So he's just not going to have this easy day. I mean, knock on wood, but it, I just don't see him having because no big when WC's at full strength, no big has had that even none of the Arizona bigs until the very end when WC had no one left. Like then they started making making some hay, but before that, it was their guards and their wings that were kind of keeping them in it. Um, but yeah, so I I just see like and then Zaire Williams. Uh, he's one of those guys that maybe is an NBA player in the future because of his size and his skill set. But right now he's very inefficient, not shooting very well. Um, doesn't really get to the free throw line a lot. Again, it's a six, eight guy that I think like, that seems like a guy that Effa could pick up and, and just shut down. So I, so I think that they can have a good defensive game. So I think at the very least they could stay in with their defense against Stanford. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to shut down De Silva. Exactly. Um, but what it's you not going to be that, the, the walk in the park that it was last exactly. year. Exactly. That's exactly what you hope for. I mean, he, he does not have a game this year with an offensive rating under a hundred. <laughs> like he just That's doesn't, pretty good. has not had one. Um, and his last six games, Let's see. Here's what he's done from two in his last six games. 11 of 14, 4 of 6, 4 of 4, 8 of 12, 9 of 11, 10 of 14. That includes games against Arizona and and Oregon, although Oregon was the 4 of 6, 11 points um, situation. And, and That would be great. Just hold That would to be. Um, Oregon plays. They're a little smaller, even though they're, they're really, really good defensively. Um, they're a little smaller. So I don't know. It's... It, 
I was kind of curious how he did against Arizona because I think that's probably a little more comparable to our front line. Uh, but he went, you know, eight of twelve for <laughs> twenty-one points, and I don't know how many fouls he drew, but it was probably a bunch because he shot uh, eight free throws. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, so him and then Williams is going to shoot a lot. Maybe, maybe even even though he's giving up, giving up some length, you might even see uh, uh, Noah on him too, um, just to stay in front of him. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's uh, I because otherwise I he's playing the three. I don't I don't know if uh, if they'll put um, Yak Yakimovsky on him. But I don't think that would be a good matchup for Yakimovsky. But uh, I think they'll find a way to cover these guys. They'll match them up. Um, I have confidence that they can, you know, do pretty well. Do as at least as well as they did against Arizona's offense, which is a better offense uh, yeah. than uh, in Stanford. So, And, you know, and maybe they, you know, I don't know. Maybe they can maybe. get somebody in foul trouble right i mean we got some bigs who can who can do well, some and, things. and stanford is not like super stacked behind De silva they have some guys but they don't play that much and they're not very good and uh yeah they, i mean they got a 610 guy that sucks and they, they have a yep they have a 69 guy that hasn't played just plays yeah. occasionally and plays a ton. very well I mean, he's yeah. for a big man that's you know playing 80 percent of the minutes that's you know, he's leading the team in minutes, I mean, basically. You make him guard Effa or even just throw it down. To, like, Mark Ovetsky and Deshaun Jackson draw a lot of fouls. Both of them do. Yep. And so if they can if they can draw some fouls. Th- so that's that's how you can, if you play good defense and then have a have a decent offensive day, maybe maybe get some, one of their big, one of their, like, stars in foul trouble, they could come away and, and win this game. I it, you know, I, I would be shocked if they got blown out. Yep. You know, I, I, I even I think the Ken Palm, let's see that it's a 10 point deficit. I could definitely see them com- coming inside of that pretty easily. Um, so especially I, if we think their true talent is higher than what Ken Palm is, which which I do. In, right? I, I, I definitely think that because it because they've just. Normally it'd be like, well, it could just be a good stretch, but there was just such a change in in the approach of, in the lineup of the team that that coincided with the yep. better play yep. that you just think like, okay. But again, these are road games. Yeah, they have not played a road game yet this year. Nope. <laughs> Who knows? We have how- no idea. But it. It is going to be fun. I mean, I'm looking at Stanford's like peripherals. I mean, they their offense is entirely predicated on two point percentage and getting to the free throw line. So that's great which, for us. Which oddly enough are the two things that we are the best at preventing. So, yeah, and I mean they've so far this year they've been a terrible three point shooting team. Uh, they don't shoot many threes. Um, they get a lot of their shots blocked. Like they're 274th nationally in in getting their shots blocked. Um, and they turn the ball over a bunch. So, you know, I don't know if we can score some points that, you know, I, yeah. I mean, their offense is, is definitely nothing special. So yeah. Just figure out a way to score a little bit. Be right there. I'm yes. talking myself into it, Craig. Talking yeah, myself talk into it. Also, speaking of talking to ourselves into it, we are well over an hour into this. I know. I just checked it and I went, oh my God, we've been talking about basketball. And we hours. started this late, by the way, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, we started this, this was a like bit on the whim. I didn't, we didn't even plan. Ish. Yeah. yeah. 
It's well, it's 11 p.m. right now. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, should we talk about uh, should we talk about the the uh, I, I don't want to say the other basketball team because that's not that that's well, the actually the potentially the, the team that has an even better shot at making postseason. Yeah. The team that's in line yes. to go to the postseason right now. Yes. Let's take a break and then let's talk about them. And we're back. Okay, I know we're we're already way way over time, uh, but really, what is our time limit? Who cares? Yeah, um, but I, I, I gotta I gotta talk about the beer I'm drinking. So I want to say, okay, what, are, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking water <laughs> because I yes, because I have I have decided to not drink beer in January. I'm doing. Well, this one is going to be a boring segment. I know I'm out. doing one of those things, but but it's yeah. It was just a, a quick, easy way to uh, to eliminate some calories and and get me jump started back on a path. And I just I know that 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 beer that I drink on February first is going to be uh, is going to be the the best tasting beer maybe that I've ever had. So, but I did have on on New Year's Eve I had my Stone and Joy by one one twenty one, and it was it was awesome. So. Uh, I, I imagine if you can still find one of those, it's probably even though it's past the probably fine. It's probably still fine. So it was good. I liked it. So what are you drinking? So um, I have to thank uh, one of our listeners, our Kook Center readers, and a guy uh, that I know from school, one of the original Zoo Crew members, uh, Andrew. Um, he uh, messaged me a few weeks back. Uh, Paradise Creek had released a special beer. Uh, Paradise Creek is the brewery in Pullman. Yep. Um, they have two locations. Uh, both are great to check out. Um, but uh, uh, so he messaged me. He's like, hey, do you want some a couple of these? And I said, sure. And he said he was coming over, you know, around Christmas to the west side and he'd drop them off. So we met. We met up, I don't know, uh, last week or so and got a chat with him and uh, he works at, he's got, he's living the dream, you know, a, a Coug who stayed in Pullman working for WSU, working for the, for food services. He's got a cool gig and food services, one of the rare ones where you get to uh, uh, kind of go off book a little bit. So um, uh, good for him. And uh, I really appreciate that, uh, that he uh, dropped this off for me. Um, so it is, uh, Paradise Creek has a beer called Scottish Stovepipe. Which is just it's a it's kind of a classic Scottish ale, six percent um, uh, Scottish ale, which is like the the more interesting uh, cousin to the amber ale. Um, usually a little more alcohol and a little a little tastier. Uh, so, but this particular one is special in that they took the Scottish uh, ale, Scottish stovepipe, and I actually messaged uh, Paradise Creek. Um, to get uh, the details on 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 like exactly what this uh, this beer was about, you know, because they they, they 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 talked about the release, but they didn't. So uh, um, they they got back to me. Uh, they said it was uh, aged in an American oak medium char barrel, which had been used previously for whiskey. Um, so a whiskey barrel, probably like a bourbon barrel or something. Um, it was aged for two years and two months, which is an insane amount of time that a lot of good breweries do that though, but they let this thing rest. Um, they say due to the natural aging process of the residual whiskey would have mixed in, um, it's, uh, different, 
um, from the original Scottish because aging beer allows oxidation and that can help bring out some of the hidden flavors like dark plums, raisins, and vanilla, blah, blah, blah. Um, so that's what they sent me. Um, so yeah. So you leave a 6% beer in a barrel for two years. That's a long um, time. That's a long time. That's a so lot of patience. I was expecting this to just be so whiskey forward that it was just going to be difficult to drink. Um, like, cause I just thought the 6% was just not going to handle it, but I'll tell you, like, I think maybe the two years helped it. Maybe if they would have done like one, the whiskey would have been so dominant, but the two years, I think they integrated quite a bit and you do get that oxidation flavor. And honestly, with kind of browner, like barley wines and stuff like that, the oxidation is kind of fun because it gives us these like kind of like apple like tree fruit type of note i'll say something if you leave a beer in a barrel for two years it's going to lose most of its carbonation <laughs> yeah. like it's a, so um this that seems beer, inevitable this beer when i cracked it i don't know jeff i know you've had hair of the dog beers before yes reminded me of a hair of the dog beer made yeah. no noise when i popped the bottle cap off. okay not even a not even a little <laughs> nothing nothing so I'm like, all right, all right. I know what we're dealing with here. Yeah, Poured yeah. it, no head whatsoever. You know, it's just get those bubbles of wit just because yep, you're yep. like bubbles like you get with water. Right. Um, so, yeah, straight up like a, a hair of the dog beard. None of those beers have carb because they do the same thing. They age the beers forever. Um, but, yeah, I I mean, I thought that the 6% just would not hold up to the barrels. It does. Like, it, there definitely is a lot of interesting flavors in here. I definitely get... Um, those kind of, uh, raisin, the plum, um, it's very interesting. Plus it's not getting me shit faced, which is nice. Uh, cause usually when you have a beer that's Asian barrels for that long, it's usually about 14% and it just in a bomber would take you down. Um, so yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I'm, I'm really enjoying the sessionability of it while still getting some of those flavors that you typically have to have a higher alcohol beer to get. Um, so yeah, I'm, because it's straight up when you smell it, it smells like any other barrel aged barley wine. Like, so it's got that like sweet, those sweet notes. Um, but then when you taste it, the body is much more kind of approachable. It's lighter. Um, and then you get those, yeah, those raisin notes and, and things like that. Um, you don't like maybe if it was a higher ABV, you get like caramel and toffee, but this is more of down and where you're just getting the dark fruit um, taste. It's, it's very nice. And it's from Pullman. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't think I would have ever tried it if not for you, Andrew. So I appreciate that. Um, I hope you're listening to this. I, I hope Paradise Creek is because uh, I, I told them about the podcast and uh, maybe they're going to listen. Um, but yeah, it, it, uh, uh, I think they did a good job. Uh, they, they took a chance leaving a beer in a barrel for two years. Who the hell knows what is going to happen? You're going to lose a lot of uh of of the beer in that process um because this is going to be absorbed by the barrel um so you're not you know um but yeah they they took a chance and it came out and it's interesting and it's 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 good and uh it's definitely a unique offering and 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 i have another bottle maybe jeff you can try it sometime but uh and also andrew said merry christmas gave it gave me these for free so uh, that's that's also great as well the Heck price yeah. is right uh yeah. but i i think they're pretty reasonably priced anyway um but yeah so uh so good job paradise creek go Cougs, go pullman love it 
um, I'll be I'll be enjoying this, and I'm not uh, drunk off my ass. So <laughs> that's excellent. Nice. Uh, so I've I had, had to their, talk about the beer uh, this had week. The Huckleberry Pucker. I've had the Huckleberry, Huckleberry Pucker is, I think, far and away their most popular beer. Uh, yeah. My sister that's drinks that. That's like a half that. a beer beer for me, man. It's so sour. It's yeah. So dark. My sister drinks that religiously. Uh, she'll just drink it because she loves sour beers. And she'll just, she crushes that as much as she can. Which a lot of it's people are like. so sour, man. When, when I. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's so sour. It's probably not like I. I if I, I, I don't let know. me let me uh maybe it's just crack maybe it's just a, my palate. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I, I can show you some sour sour beers from my cellar if you if you really yes, want to know what uh, I am aware of. What's so so had sour, sour beers is. with you before? But it is sour. I mean, it's it's, about it's, that it's one. it it is it is it's sour. It's meant to be sour. And then yeah, of course. It but is. yeah, my uh, so I I had met um Andrew right outside of. Because he was driving and we had to find some place in South Seattle to meet. So I met him at Full Throttle Bottles um, in Georgetown. And I know the guy who runs it. So I stopped off and I talked to him. And he told me, I, I showed him the beer. And he's like, oh, yeah, like the Huckleberry Pucker in the summer. That's just people just come in and like buy it off the shelves as soon as I put them on the shelf. So um, that is definitely their, uh, their I think that's kind of, I saw their flagship, but it's probably their most well-known beer. Yeah. But they did a good job with this uh, barrel-aged Scottish stovepipe. But hey, uh, let's talk about another thing in Pullman, yes. and that's the WSU women's hoops team. Yeah, they're awesome. Yeah. They've uh, got an awesome player. A few, but one in particular. One in particular. Well, they have two. One really awesome player. Two new players who are sisters. Uh, one is a... Uh, redshirt senior and one is a f- true freshman uh so the 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 ledger walker sisters um so the the redshirt senior uh is crystal and she transferred here from northern colorado uh but the f- true freshman is uh charlise ledger walker and she has been so so good like i it's <laughs> We we talk about that's an understatement. We talk about how good Effa is. Effa is Charlize is even more impressive as a freshman. Like she's just she's she comes in as a true freshman and she's she's the leading scorer. She's the go to person. Um, she doesn't really do anything that would be becoming of a fre- like expect to be becoming of a freshman. Um, yeah, she's just so impressive, and she's fun to watch. Yeah, she is incredibly skilled. Um, she plays ridiculous defense, um, and she's a really good scorer. Like it's it's crazy. I did. Um, I and know she does her not team. ever give the ball away. No, <laughs> like, like she takes care of the ball. Um, she can really shoot. Now I know her three point percentage on the season isn't great. I guess she got off to a really uh, slow start. With that, um, I wa- I happened to watch her play for the first time against Utah when she shot five of ten <laughs> from three point range, and I'm watching her shoot and I'm like, holy! She had some shit. deep ones in that game. Yeah, like she's coming off screens and like stepping back, and I was just like, holy cow! It was awesome. So yeah, they are they are good. Finally, um, you know, it seems like that's been right around the corner for about a decade. Where it was like, you know, yeah, maybe they're going to be good. So they, they have some good bigs, including uh, Ula Matuga, which is my favorite name to say. Oh, it's a great name. And she's from, 
so the the ledger walkers are from new zealand i think ula is from australia so this is a very southern hemisphere oriented team yes she's from australia and then we also have let's see i i don't know how many people are aware of this i was i was not particularly aware of this but um we also have a player let's see we have another player from australia we have a center uh emma nankervis i hope i'm pronouncing that right she's from australia uh we have have the younger molina still yep uh she's from hawaii hawaii So yeah. then we've got another guard. We got a guard from Turkey, a forward from Israel, a center from Canada. Uh, let's see. Oh, we have a guard from Seattle, so that's nice. Uh, we have another guard. So from that's why Estonia. we beat UW. Yeah, we have another guard from Estonia, and then uh, we have another center from Rwanda. Yeah. Bella Murakatiti. Ah, that was probably terrible. I have no idea, but anyway, yeah, she's the lesson really good here too. is never try. Yeah, I'm sorry. So anyway, yeah, she's really great too. Um, yeah, she's she she's Marcus. very good. She's very big she's too. She and yep. she's uh, tall and skinny, um, really good so hands. They good player. much like um, much like the men's team. They 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 have a really good defense, um, but they have also pair it with a good offense as well. So um, they're fun to watch, uh, and they're off to a six and one start. And most of that is Pac-12 games. Um, they've only played a couple yep. non-conference games, uh, so they're yep. four and one in league play. Only losses to a top ten Oregon team, which they should have won. Uh, they frankly oh, just yeah. let it. They let it go at the end of the game, um, yep. and uh, so they they could easily be undefeated right now. And and we're speaking of net, they are forty eighth in net right now. That is squarely and, bubble territory. And on ESPN's uh, uh, bracketology, has them a nine seed. So. Yep. The women's team has been to the NCAA tournament once in 1991. Yep. So this is One a big time. deal. This is a Harold big deal. Harold Rhodes. That was and, the coach. Harold and, Rhodes. And they lost their two best players from last year's team. They were picked 12th in yep. the conference before. Yeah. Uh, but these, uh, uh, Charlie Sledger Walker, her sister, uh, Crystal, and then just um, some, some yep. holdovers, some other news people. Yep. And they've just really picked it up. I, I really think Cammy Etheridge can really coach. Yeah, uh, sure looks like it. Yeah, you know, with June, she she kind of kept. She definitely took the program to another level in that they just weren't getting slaughtered anymore, and they actually yeah, were nice. competitive. Um, but she, it seemed like they really needed someone to come in uh, to get to that next level, and and Etheridge is taking them to a you know final four of an NIT, and uh, now this team really looks like they have the potential to get into the tournament, which would be huge. Like you're talking about a team that's went to the tournament once and it was 30 years ago. Like, yep. so this pay attention. Like most of these games, uh, the PAC 12 streams them, um, not necessarily on, on TV, but uh, most of them yep. you can find streaming all the PAC 12 ones. You can find streaming online, um, yep. on, on the, on the PAC 12 site or on the app. Um, yeah, you don't have to have Pac-12 Network on most of them. Most yeah, of them, you only just, you, you only yeah. have to have Pac-12 Network if you want to like Chromecast it or whatever. But if you're just watching it on the device, then you're fine. Yep. Although it does look like their next four games have all been picked up on Pac-12 Networks. Well, that's what happens when you have the success. Yeah. Baby. When you when you've got one of the best players in the conference. Yeah, who's one freshman of the week? Not just three... best freshman. By the way, I mean, let's yeah, be real about this. This is not just best freshman. She's, she's like, going to keep winning freshman of the week until they just decide yeah. that it's not 
they can't do give she's, it to her every week. She's legitimately all Pac-12 first team, period. Yeah, I, one thing I said, you know, I, I wrote an article up on her. Um, she's got a 111 offensive rating, and, and she has 29% usage. Uh, that is exceptional. Like, it, to be that efficient and at that high of usage, at the yep. number of minutes she plays, is exceptional. Like, and she's a freshman. Like, yep. it, she's so good. Um, very impressive. Very good. Yep. Yep. So, check them out when you can, for sure. That'll And they're, uh, and they're legit fun. fun to watch. Like, they're kind yeah. of like a... They're kind of like a defense uh, with a, a like a, to a soccer analogy. They they have a really good counterattack. You know, when they want to run, they can run, but when they don't want to run, they have people like Ledger Walker knock down threes. They have some bigs down low that are really good. Yep. Um, yeah. So uh, check them out. Highly yeah. recommend. And it's fun watching a Coug team win every yes, time. Yes, that is also fun. Did we so, yeah. did we mention that they just swept? At Utah, at Colorado, in a place where it's apparently impossible for the men to ever win. To even win one of those? <laughs> like, to even come close to winning one of those two? They just swept them? I don't know. Even when I, the I Utah no men's team was, like, one of the worst teams in the country, I know. they still I even no, win that game. I have, no idea, I have no idea if it's as difficult for uh, the women to win there as it has been for the men. The elevations I, are still the same. Exactly. So I am duly impressed by by them uh, sweeping Utah and Colorado. And they just sure. – Colorado, they got up big in the first half on Colorado and basically just held them at bay. Like, Colorado yep. tried to make runs. Yep. They just couldn't ever get within more than, like, seven, I think, the whole second half. Um, and then and then uh, Charlize Ledger-Walker, just at the end, uh, she wasn't having a huge offensive game. She scored eight points in the in the fourth quarter. They, they have quarters in, in women's hoops. Um, in, the, in the fourth quarter, um, well, I should say they only have halves in men's college basketball. They have quarters in every other type of every basketball. Every other <laughs> basketball on the planet. So they have ten, four 10-minute quarters they do in women's hoops. They switched to that a few years ago. Be nice. Um, the men will do that eventually. Yeah. That's yeah. it, probably it, it just makes sense. Yeah. They did it in the NIT, not last year, obviously, because there was yeah. no NIT. But yeah. the year before that, they did quarters. And, and if they like put something in the it. NIT, it'll, it happens eventually. It, usually. Um, usually. Yeah. Can we especially put amending in the NIT? Can we do oh, that? What? Elamending? <laughs> Elamending in the NIT? Can we make that one happen? That'd be great. Let's adopt that one. If you don't know what the, we're not going to bore you with that right now. But if you don't know what the Elam ending is, E L A M ending, look it up on the internet. It definitely great. benefits teams that uh, focus on playing D. It's uh, fantastic. Yeah, but yeah, it, it also it eliminates the foul game at the end, which yep. is a, a, a miserable. You thing have to, to watch. make a shot to win. Yep, you have to score you have to, to win. Make a shot can, to win. Like. Yeah, so if you're if you're fouling the other team, that's you're just getting them closer to winning. Uh, yep. So it's just pointless. Uh, so so anyway, so yeah, um, yeah, women's hoops. Check them out. Uh, Charlize Ledger Walker. Check out my article on her on Coog Center. Yeah. Um, I I I have to admit, kind of embarrassed. It's probably the first ever non-news piece I've ever written about the women's hoops team. It was really fun. Um, part of what. Uh, allowed me to do it is a, a site called Her Hoop Stats, um, which has a lot of tempo-free statistics. Because Jeff, you know, you wouldn't mm-hmm. have done it either. I was mm-hmm. not going to write about this team. 
uh, with just your basic stats, I had to get the tempo free stuff. Um, and so, yeah, that's what we did. And, uh, uh, it, it turned out really great. Now it's a site I subscribe to and, and I'm going to keep using. And so hopefully I can write more articles on the women's team, um, as we go forward. Um, but yeah, uh, I think Jeff, uh, it's been a while since we talked and I don't think we've talked about the end of the football season at all. <laughs> Is that a segue? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> we're going we're to have to make this like a five-minute conversation. Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, one I I'll mean... say, if you if you want a nice rundown, go read Jeff's The Monday After on Coop <laughs> yeah, Center, which will be much more thoughtful than anything we say here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It took me a few days to put that together. I just like it was hard to get my thoughts together about how I felt about. Oh, the I know. Season. I had to do some copy edits on it. It, uh, it did you? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, it it definitely. Let, let's put it this way, it it definitely got written and rewritten and 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 paragraphs moved around and sentences added to and taken away from. Like it was, it, it was hard to figure out what I wanted to say. Like beyond what we've said on the podcast, which is like, it, it, it just is all meaningless. <laughs> you know, like we've, we've had that, you know, a very nihilistic view of the football season uh, throughout, throughout the season. But, um, but really, yeah, like, like basically my takeaway was they, they didn't, it wasn't a disaster and that's good. <laughs> you know, I mean, cause we saw some disasters in the, in the season, particularly Arizona, right? Like, like that was a, a, a total mess. And um, I, I guess that was the only one that was, that was sort of a total, total mess. But um, you know, to, to have the new t- coach coaching staff come in uh, you know, not be able to, to really coach in the way that, you know, you normally would heading up for a season um, to be kind of behind the eight ball on that, to go with a freshman quarterback, which is always obviously terrifying. Um mm-hmm. You know, lots and lots and lots of things that could have gone very, very badly. Um, and look, even if they'd gone super badly and they'd, you know, gotten blown out and whatever by a bunch of teams, um, I think we all just would have went, eh, you know, whatever. It's it's a dumb season and, you know, let's just look towards next year. Um, the fact that didn't happen for the most part, you know, that they, that they were not run off the field multiple times, um, I know they ended up you know, losing by pretty decent margins to, um, you know, to, to Oregon. They had a couple of bad quarters. Really. Yeah. <laughs> that's basically it. You know, they, they had uh, a bad half again. They had a bad second half against Oregon, a bad first half against USC and a bad second half against. Utah. And that the Utah game, they just, they just had no one left. Yeah. Like it, I think there was some of that. I think they also, um, honestly, I think they just, you know, they knew it was their last half of football. They kind of cruised to that lead. Um, I, I think they're that probably, was really fun first half. Yeah, and they're probably you know again they're college kids. You know, stuff creeps in, and you start thinking you know we just need to cruise to the finish line, and uh, and that that did, oof, ugh, that did not happen. And of course, it was you know, aided by because of because of you know they already were at a, a small roster, and then because of some injuries right. by that second half, right. they were playing some guys where you and I were having yep. to look up the roster yep. and be like, who yep. the hell Lots is Lots of this? walk-ons, particularly like, on defense. Like, yeah. 
So which good whatever. for those guys. I don't read. I'm I don't read anything into it. I definitely don't read anything into the whole first half, second half, second half, first half stuff. Like I like I just I well, just don't buy we're gonna that. we're not gonna have I don't 50, buy that it means anything. We're gonna have fifty three players for the other games. Like uh, I I think even the games we played this year, even when they didn't say it, seems like they must have been pretty far down on players because we didn't yeah. like against Oregon State. We didn't see them rotate the defensive line that much even in that game. And so, and, and they didn't, they, they finally did against Utah out of necessity. And so, uh, yeah, we, they definitely were kind of pushed to the brink. And then just the challenges of the season, having a game canceled an hour before the game, you know, or two hours, whatever it was. Yeah. It sucks, man. And that was definitely a game that I, I felt they would have won. I, well, like, it, I don't know about you, like you played baseball growing up, right? Yeah. Okay. So to me, that's like similar to when you're a kid and you've got, you know, you've got a baseball game and you're all excited and you're really, really excited. And then like, you know, you got your uniform on and you're heading out and you get in the car and it starts to rain. Yeah. And you're like, fuck, no, don't, no, no, no. I'm really excited to play. Come on, come on, come on. And then of course it, you know, you get there and you're warming up and it's raining a little bit harder. And then like, the coach is meeting at the plate and then it's like pissing and you're, and then the ump just goes, we can't play and we're done. You're going home. It's like, that really sucks. And, and, and I know that like comparing it to a little league baseball game, maybe trivializes it just a little bit, you know, considering all the work that those guys put in versus, you know, you and me playing, you know, peewee ball, but, but it's gotta be the same, right? There's this anticipation and then you lose it. And so I'm sure that played into their choice not to go to a bowl game. Right. Yeah. Like, and, and just that's, this idea that's like, like we are not going to expose ourselves to that shit again. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I, I know they wanted to play and obviously Max Borgie really wanted to play that game against Utah because it is only game yeah. you got to play. But at the same time, they, they got to be thinking, yeah, we're not going through all of this working so hard to build up to a game building up because kind of the one of one of the worst things is what it's why a lot of people will tend towards pessimism or tend towards, you know, kind of looking at the worst case scenario is because like one of the worst things is when you build up your hopes so much for something and then it doesn't come to fruition or it yeah. just, or something, you know, the something much worse happens. It is just is hard. And it's so even WSU fans, we've kind of trained ourselves to like when the team looks good, we don't get too excited you know, we, we give it a second, although, you know, I would, uh, although we just gushed over uh, a team that lost a double <laughs> overtime game, like, like they're the national right. champions, but, um, but, but, but yeah, I mean, they are the national champions, of course. Um, but, 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 uh, but yeah, it's just, it's so hard emotionally. And, and plus these guys, I don't know about you, but I, I get, I get, I get weirded out when there's more than like four people in a room right now. And, and and they're they're talking about playing football games when there's you know a couple hundred people around. Um, that that's got to put that's just a stressful situation. Like it's everything's stressful for everyone right now, and and that that had to play into a factor for everyone this season. I mean, you look at a team like Oregon; they were so up and down. Like we we know they're better than that. A lot of these games, and then they. You know, they they, they kind of they they played really well. Sometimes they played really well. Didn't like 
Uh, they ended up being like a pretty unimpressive at the by the end, but it's just like you know they 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 had to go through all that crap. Uh, you know, not everyone is Alabama, uh, where they can just I don't know power through it. And I, I guess if you just have a sheer uh, sheer level of talent, you you just have the bodies to where you know. Yep. Um, eventually it, it comes through, but it's at WSU, you know, when you don't have the bodies, uh, they barely had enough bodies to even play the games. Like it, it's fine. Like I, I hope no one stresses too much about a bull streak being broken or anything. Cause God, this, this season is fucking stupid. Like I, I, I think stupid. it's good. I mean, good for the players and good for us as fans. They played four games. We got to we got to have four Cougar football Saturdays, one Sunday or three and one Sunday. Um, yeah. Just to just to just to be like, hey, it's a football game, and it was really fun for me to and you to be able to write about games again. Like it was, it was just nice. But I know what these kids went through to do that. I'm very grateful for it. Uh, this season's stupid, like you said. I'm not reading anything into it about. Nick Rolovich's coaching ability. Um, I, I only have positive things about his coaching ability coming from this, even though they were one and three, and even though they blew leads in two of those games and whatever. Like I, I maybe if they had their full rosters, they wouldn't have done that. And maybe, maybe if, maybe if it was a normal season where uh, you you had a full pr- practice schedule in the spring and a, and a normal uh, camp, where and you weren't worried every single day that that someone was going to you know come down with covid or someone your know, game was going to be canceled or practice was going to be canceled or whatever so yeah whatever one and three um got an exciting young quarterback got got some some dogs on defense that look real good uh that we didn't have before everyone's coming back next year <laughs> it's it's we get a do over next year and and i yep. and i you know, I'm, I'm encouraged, you know, like you use that word in your article encouraged. And I think that's a perfect word. I'm encouraged by what we, what you said, by what we didn't see. Yeah. We didn't see terrible, terrible things. Um, we saw kind of the same nonsense that you would expect to see from this type of season. So, uh, yeah, go Cougs. And then, you know, we got to watch football and we'll just hopefully next year, you know, well, I'll be vaccinated and we get to watch it in person. <laughs> I I think that's that's probably what's going to happen. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I'm sure they'll find enough vaccines for all the players to get them, and, you know, by August, right? And um, football will be there again. I, I don't know that, you know, we'll, uh, you know, there will be much going on with attendance, but you know, I don't know. Could be maybe, some limited maybe, attendance. Obviously, yeah. we, we, maybe we've you got to show a vaccination record before you go in the go in the stadium. Oh, that's why I was talking about my friend that runs a bottle shop. He's like, it's. I I, I meant to just pop in, say hi to him, grab a couple beers, buy, buy you know, support his bottle shop, and then leave. And he just like went on like a. He just talked me ear off for like twenty minutes. And one of the things he's like, you know, I don't know, like I when we can open up and have people drinking here again, like I might, I might actually record, like show me your papers, like type of thing, you know, it's like, like the Gestapo, like yeah, show yeah. me your papers. You gotta, sh- you gotta show me a little, a little passport you got there with the, with the vaccinations on it. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. It's, it's going to be weird and whatever, but I, I'm, you know, it feels so optimistic. far away because time just passes yeah. so slowly at this yeah. point. But I'm both, optimistic both, they'll, they'll both play fast a full and season slow. in the fall. I, I'm, I am bullish 
on playing a full season. Yeah, I think they'll have. Yeah, I agree. I think that we'll have a full season, a full regular. Like the games that are on the schedule will happen. Um, yeah, I. The way we saw the tests be prioritized for the, uh, for the. Um, yeah. For the players, <laughs> yeah. for athletes of all sports, I, I'm pretty sure vaccines will find their way to athletes pretty of all sure. sports. We we as a society apparently just desperately need our sports to be played. Um, I mean, obviously us. We have a podcast and a website. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, um, you know, hopefully we you know we can play a full basketball season. And we can have a, a a football season next year, and and everyone stays safe and healthy. The one of the most important things you points you made in your article is that no one died. Yep, that is good. That's all that actually matters. And as far as we know, no one was super. As far as we know, if if you know of anyone that was super um, impacted, go ahead and let us know. But it, I, yeah. uh, we haven't heard it, and so yeah. good. Thank God. Fingers crossed. You know, we we, we yeah. were. You know, I, I'm I'm an atheist, but I still say thank God. But whatever. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, you grow up with some old habits die hard. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but. Yeah, I mean we we've seen we got we've gotten lucky with the Seahawks too. They played every game this year. They they played every game when it was supposed to happen, and yeah. uh, and and they've been you know all the players have been safe, and and so hopefully we can, can you know the professional sports have seem to be doing a better job than the college sports. Is that yeah. obviously? Yeah. Um, they they have a little more control and a little say. more on the line. Yeah, a little <laughs> more on the line. Hey, you have millions of dollars. If you if you test positive for COVID and can't play, you're going to lose millions of dollars. Don't be an idiot. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right, man. All right. Well, I think we're we, there. We, yeah, I think we are. Uh, hour forty. <laughs> yeah, we've done that before. Um, yeah, we have. So uh, yeah, shoot us an email. Um, I haven't checked in a bit. As always, uh, it was because I kept checking it and no one was no one was emailing yeah. us. Yeah. Oh, I did get one. I hold on, hold on. I did get one. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do it. Jeff Riff, what? Say, just I, do the, do the, do the other things. Tell him your. Uh, hold on. All right. So you can you can find Craig at the Craig Powers on Twitter. Uh, I am at Pod vs Everyone on Twitter as well. Uh, again, yeah, you can send us emails at podcast vs Everyone right uh, at gmail dot com. Send us yep. emails. You can uh, you can rate us and review us. Uh, if you give us five stars, we're happy about that. If you give us something less than five stars, I don't know. Like maybe I'll just be like Bomani Jones and be like, if you give us less than uh, five stars, I'm gonna think you're a hater. I'm inclined to believe you're a hater. So yeah, don't do that. Give us a nice review. No, no one, no show. one is looking at your critiques and being like, oh, this is the next podcast service, the, the yeah. podcast reviewer that we need. Yeah. No. The Atlantic just, is like just, this is just my say, podcast. Hey, we like we like podcasts versus everyone. So yeah. Um, right. So I will it? say we did get an email um, from Jeff. Uh, I so Jeff, I still need to send you uh, your beer that you won in the raffle. Um, you're the only one that I have to send it to, and I I've just been lazy about that. Um, uh, but he said that you they mentioned on the pod that no no one really emails. So here's an email. Hope you're all, this was from December 20th. Hope you are hanging in there during this weird ass holiday season. I drank some beer on the golf course the other day. It was wonderful. Go Cougs, Jeff. So thank you, Jeff. Um, Love it. Appreciate it. Um, uh, 
Uh, oh, we did get one on twelve six from uh, John. He's a frequent one. Um, he he appreciates it as <laughs> we well. We did get one a month ago. <laughs> yeah, we got a month ago. I didn't mention it, so I just I, I just want to encourage you. You you're gonna get mentioned on the podcast if you send an email because we get so few. So yeah. So yeah, and and if you have real we'll legit questions you want us to talk to about, end. might talk about them because uh, we we feel really nice when you send us emails. Yeah, we do. Yeah. If so you have Jessa, questions, send them along. Yeah, pod podcast vs everyone at gmail dot com. So yeah, that's it. That's all. Um, okay. Uh, a nice little turtle man's about to be run off from his job. Uh, so mm. go Cougs, Jeff. Go Cougs. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. <laughs>